Those women? Those aren't women, Tom. Those are womenists. You know, I saw the new Madonna video last night. See the one in the middle? On the blonde hair? Yeah. She's looking at me, isn't she? Kind of. What, would you know her or something? Hey, Sam, isn't that the guy that you used to, uh... Yeah. You went out with a white male? I was a freshman. Fresh person, please. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and also with Jeremy. That's right. It's the show with Bryn and Jeremy. And Jeremy was ready to start. (laughs) Jeremy was in the game. Definitely was not looking at a tweet about Gene Simmons saying some... Of the uh, famous band Kiss. Kiss. Also um, known as Knights in Satan Service. Knights in Sucking Satan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're just going to get more more uh yeah we vulgar. can't we simply can't go on um Kissing. yeah i was i was just looking at a tweet but i'm ready i'm here i'm here. present i'm i'm in the zone the zone ready to podcast the movie zone the movie we're zone riding the roller coaster we're looking at planet popcorn we're seeing the soda simmering in the lava planet yeah and uh we're listening to that music yeah, and we're going to Regal Cinemas to yeah. see the movies, or AMC, or an independent theater. Maybe an independent theater. Uh-huh. Movies are back. I went to a bar today. Okay, that seems rare for you. Yeah, I haven't been to a bar <laughs> since... I haven't been to a bar just regular since probably the pen. No, that's not true. Mo and I went to a bar in Long Island. But I haven't been we to like, went to a bar to see your friend that one time. That's true, Like yeah. in Bushwick. You're right. But that was like a weird like rooftop situation. This was just like a straight up a bar. Oh, I see. That yeah. I went to because I was on set today for for um, for work and we finished the shoot really early. Working and we were in like the industry in the industry, the film industry. <laughs> um, we finished our shoot like super early and we were all just like, damn, like, well, we already are like not having an office day today. So like, let's just go get a fucking beer get a fucking drink. And so we went to a fucking bar. Which bar? uh who or knows should you say it's that? like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the name of it it's like texas themed and it's in midtown oh, and, ooh, um, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and i had a fucking i had a budweiser and i played it big jenga ten dollars <laughs> i don't know it was on the company's fucking Hell it was yeah. on the company's card oh man playing big jenga that's playing big jenga that's definitely pre-covid nostalgia mm. for me that is pre-COVID behavior. Yes, my, my my old company used to like to go to Royal Palms Shuffleboard Club, mm. and they had Big Jenga. Um, and that was one of the only times I ever played it. I love Big and Jenga. And I danced with Olivia Munn. Nice. Don't really know who that is, but I was told <laughs> that she was famous, and then I was dancing with her. <laughs> Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the movies. Did you? Uh huh. What did you see? I saw Dune. Nice. What did you think? So. We talked about with Alex. Uh, I haven't read it, even mm-hmm. though I'm a big sci-fi person. I like I like sci-fi. You had seen the original movie, right? No, no, yeah. It was the only Lynch movie I've never seen, and I like I said to Alex, 
Uh, it's because no one likes it. Yeah. And David Lynch doesn't like it. So there's no, I've never really felt like I should see it. Yeah. I mean, si- I'm in a similar place. I never saw the original movie. I never read the book. I don't know anything about it except for like the spice thing. Well, like that's the thing. And it's, the it's, worm it's thing. It's weird because it's like low level nerd culture because <laughs> I- I've gleaned things from like I've perused the Wikipedia. I've heard. I've never even done that. <laughs> I've heard, you know, a lot of words. Ben Gesserit, Shy Halud is a mm-hmm. metal band called Shy Halud. Yeah. Uh, Fear is the mind killer. Like it's like it's like if you've never seen Star Wars, but you've like heard the Force. May the Force be with yeah, you. And yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Um, so I did, I went in with very low expectations, and I'll, and the reason you is, know what it's like is um, uh, Sierra Madre. Yeah. It's like a movie like that. You no know, badges. Like, you know, it's old. Yeah. Like even <laughs> if you don't, even if you've never seen it, you've never identified these things as being from something in particular, you watch it and you're like, oh, I know that thing. I know that thing. I yeah. know that thing. And then it's one of those things where you like, people are like, that's a Dune thing. And you're like, oh, and then it's like, is this big? Yeah. Like, cause I was going to say, Fear's the Mind Killer is not something I would have identified as a Dune thing. But if I saw it <laughs> in Dune, I'd be like, oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Neat. I've So I've read... So, like at least half of the book mm-hmm. um so more than you but i barely remembered it was a long time ago it didn't really grab me so i went in with really low expectations because i didn't really think the book was that special right um and i knew it was only half of the book mm-hmm. so i was like this is a long generally considered unfilmable quote-unquote type thing so my my thoughts were that it was going to be boring and if not boring, really badly paced. Cause that's usually what happens with that stuff is that it's like a ton of action or, and then like a ton of long, boring exposition. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, and you're still confused and you don't know what's going on. Um, and then more action or whatever. And so I, I went in with low expectations, mm-hmm. um, basically to appease my friends, uh, who like the show. Yeah. Um, and was really, really surprised um, because it is a really fun, really well-explained movie. Like, it feels like my my big takeaway from Dune is that it's like if Star Wars was good. Interesting. Because <laughs> my, my feeling about it, and this is based on almost nothing except for, like, what stuff looks like and kind of, like, the little bits of shit that I, you know, that, that kind of just, like, trickles down or whatever. I thought that Dune was, like very serious i expected that it's like a joyless like not very fun thing it is but it's exciting Mm. like it it takes itself very seriously there isn't any like you know modern day star wars like they fly now they fly now there is none of that Uh there is uh, a couple scenes with jason momoa that there's some levity Mm -hmm. like just their relationship is like kind of like mentor and mentee and like they're a little bit jokey with each other yeah but it's not over the top it's very like very just like quiet cute behavior does it seem like people are like having fun though like because that's the thing about like you know a a movie like the original star wars or like uh like sierra madre like these times where like you get into an exhilarating situation and like you are scared and like thing the tense you know the, the 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 stakes are high but there is like still an adrenaline pumpingness to it where you're like, this is exciting. What's happening yeah, to yeah. us right now. Um, this movie feels like the way Zodiac is fun. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's, absolutely. No yes. one's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very dour, mm-hmm. but you're having fun. Right. Because they're trying to solve problems. Um, there's a lot of stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's more of a movie where you're sort of unclear what is going to happen and you're constantly surprised what does happen. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it's a, I mean, I know it's like a ancient book. Mm. And so anybody who's seen it knows, but there's multiple times in the movie where it feels like it's going to do a sci-fi trope Mm -hmm. and then doesn't do that. And it's much more insane. (laughs) I'd like an, I'd like an example of this. All right. Well, it's going to be a big spoiler. So right. sorry if you haven't hit, seen it. Hit June. the old 15. I, I, it's going to be like. Or 30. Uh, hit, hit a 30 because it won't take more than 30 seconds <laughs> to explain. Uh, there's a scene where the bad guys are turning on the good guys. Mm-hmm. And you realize what's about to happen. Um, and there's going to be a sneak attack. They do like an assassination of one of the good guys. Okay. And then you're like, Ooh, they're going to like have a war. And it's like, Ooh, we're going to have like a star Wars. They start running to their like ships, you know, like everybody in the X wing mm-hmm. or whatever. And you're like, Ooh, there's going to be a dog, a, like a space dog fight and stuff. Right. And we're going to spend half, you know, 15 minutes on this action sequence. And then everyone gets fucking massacred. Whoa. And then just like, people are just like shooting people on the head. And Jesus it's, like, Christ. <laughs> and it's just like, people are just like, honorably like putting down their swords and getting their throats slashed and it's just like a massacre of the family you've been following for like an hour and a half right yeah and i was just like what is this movie because <laughs> it's like it so i think that's about the spoiler okay spoiler um, is over now spoiler's over now um and so that's that's sort of the kind of thing where it's like it, it feels a lot like the early seasons of game of thrones right where yeah, it's yeah. like characters that you're like immediately oh here's the thing the acting is amazing mm-hmm. timothy chalamet not so much everyone else is incredible right like um oscar isaacs oscar isaac is great um javier bardem shows up hmm. as like the leader of the i like javier he shows up and he's just like this guy who is the leader of the native people uh-huh. and he's like you're the new leader i don't give a shit does uh, he do the voice what voice? The Javier Bardem voice. <laughs> it's his voice, yeah. <laughs> uh, he does have like that accent. He's yeah, like, I yeah. do not give a shit. Uh, and he's like... That like extremely deep voice that he has yeah, that yeah. nobody else has. It's amazing. And he's just like immediately compelling. He has like five minutes of screen time and he's mm-hmm. like the best thing in the movie. Um, and apparently in, you can he, it's set up for the next movie. He's like going to be clearly the main character. Right. But he's just... It's just like the interactions between characters are just like really well done it's very surprising Mm -hmm. because i think alex was saying i think off mic that he didn't really like blade runner the sec the the remake that denis villeneuve did whatever you say his name so he was like like that kind of worried that it was going to be really long and boring like that movie was but it really moves it's a really good it's a movie that made me feel like I was watching something that didn't have much consequence, you know, like, like a star Wars movie, but I was constantly Mm -hmm. invested. Um, you know, there's little complaints that I had, like Timothy Chalamet doesn't really sell the one moment where he like rebels. Mm -hmm. Um, that feels pretty important. And he's sort of just like, I don't really get why people think he's a good actor. Like he mostly just like 
stares off in the distance. Yeah. He's, um, uh, I mean, was it you even maybe who said that he's like our Keanu? Yeah. Yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, that's what he, he's the chosen one. He's baffled. He doesn't know anything about this planet. Mm-hmm. It works for most of it. There's one moment where he blows up with his mom for like putting him in this situation. And it's just like, <laughs> you're fucking Anakin in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, I, um, I thought it was really, really watchable. Um, Zendaya is barely in the movie. She's just like, who is she? She is. Oh, I know why you don't know who she is. You haven't watched any Marvel movies. She's, um, who is like, why do I know? Like, why do I know her name? And why does she have one name? Like what, what is the, (laughs) what, what's the deal with her? Like, is it her, is she a one name person or does she have a last name? But I'm supposed to know her well enough that if you say her first name, I know. She is a one namer. She's a Zendaya. Okay. That's it. I mean, her people know her full name it's apparently zendaya marie stormer coleman okay but she just goes by zendaya and i think it's because oh yeah of course she's a a disney channel person oh so she was we were a nickelodeon household i well i mean this was way after us this was she was on a zendaya sitcom in 2010 is that what it was called zendaya no it was called shake it up Okay. And she played someone named Rocky. Uh, and this is, once again, this is like an interdimensional cable thing where it's just uh-huh. like, she was in a show called Flappy Doo. Uh-huh. And then she was also on a, she was the main character of a show called KC Undercover. That was mm. also a Disney Channel show. Um, and then her big out, her big breakout was Euphoria, which was like an HBO oh, show. Oh, yeah. I've seen a couple episodes of that. Um, that was her adult, like, I'm addicted to drugs thing. Oh, that's her. She's the main person in it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then she, what I know her from is she's Mary Jane in Spider-Man. And oh. she's great. Like, she's r- fantastic in that movie. Sure. Okay. Um, that, that first one. Did you ever watch Euphoria? No. It sucks. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I won't watch it. <laughs> Bad show. Um, it didn't look good, and I kept like trying to get people to explain to me like why people were saying it was good. No, it's like visually cool. It, it looked, like it looks really mm-hmm. nice, but it's like it, it it suffers from the same thing that Skins does. Do you ever watch Skins? Uh, being bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like being bad and like being like really obsessive over how like raunchy and and you know uh-huh. fucked up it is like, and whatever. It's like it's really getting off on like how like yeah. bad These it teens is. Are yeah. Fucking. They're fucking and they're doing drugs yeah. and whatever. But like it also is like so invested in this like false memory that people have of their youth where like they think that the parties they went to were way more epic than they were <laughs> and like things happened to them that were way more consequential than they were oh, and, like interesting. you know it's like um uh like the perks of being a wallflower that oh, yeah. sort of vibe just where like, you're just like you're like this about, like, wasn't as romantic as you you seem to think it was right. like i was there i was in high school like i, I know re- the i did drugs in high school it was <laughs> not like this i mean like i remember thinking that like me writing in my journal was really like romantic and mm-hmm. intense and i'm like two years later i was like i'm an idiot you know like yeah you, if you if you are not having an epiphany of of realizing you're wrong and stupid at least every two years every one or two years (laughs) until you're like 30 like you're probably an idiot yeah (laughs) Um, it's like the person being a wallflower at least kind of works because it's told from charlie's perspective so like 
you you can buy you like, can buy that he's telling you his version of the story right but like a show like euphoria or skins or whatever it's like what you're seeing is the objective vision of the world and mm-hmm. what these people seem to think being a teenager is like is like it, it, it's it's just nonsensical yeah. it's, it's it's a nonsensically like cool slick fun exciting dangerous world that like it just simply isn't no it's everyone's cringe and everyone is embarrassing yeah. and you need to yeah it's i don't want to i usually don't want to see it unless it's that embarrassing like right eighth grade or something yeah or um uh uh pen 15 which I still like haven't this. watched. Yeah. You gotta watch it. You'll love so, it. Uh, yeah, and Spider-Man Homecoming, if you were gonna watch one Marvel movie, it has like a fun John Hughes vibe mm-hmm. that barely, it barely even feels like a superhero movie for most of it. Yeah. And it like really feels like its own thing. But even John Hughes stuff is like, it doesn't really accurately reflect the teenage experience. Oh, oh no, no, no. Um, but I, I just like it's Spider-Man very romanticized. The only one of those that really does capture it very well, and and it's stupid to say, but it's the one. Um, uh, is it Heather's? Heather's, uh, the one where they kill each other. The one where like yeah, they like blow up the school. And yeah, shit. with Winona Ryder. Yeah, like the blowing up the school is like a little over the top, but like I mean, the vibe of everybody in that movie is so much more true to what teenagers are like. Right. Uh, like um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is is i think sure. a pretty accurate like depiction of like just how trashy and petty teenagers are mm-hmm. and like i always love um in that one when like the the kid who sells the bootleg tickets the 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 who scalps the tickets to the rock shows and whatever is like playing air guitar for that girl i was like that's <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what fucking teenagers are <laughs> just like being embarrassing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but like but she loves it yeah like she's like absolutely eating it up and you're like absolutely yes <laughs> <laughs> so dune uh bummer that mm-hmm. it ends and i i i still have the opinion that I had last week, which is that I wish I had just waited or could have just waited to mm-hmm. see it in like a big one chunk. Um, I don't think anybody telling you that you have to see it in the theater is like, that's not real. Yeah. Like it's cool. It is big. Everything. You remember, did you ever see Arrival? The, that didn't you villain new movie? No. Oh, the, but all the space stuff is that cool, except it has this weird, like dark souls, game of Thrones aesthetic on it too. Mm hmm. That's this is my favorite part of the whole movie is how everything just looks awesome. Like maybe 10 minutes into the movie, this huge, like big rock circle like lands and it's like, you know, big shuttle door like comes out. But instead of it just being like metal, it has this enormous like football field size, like Persian rug on it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm in, <laughs> this is so insane. <laughs> and then they like, just have like, they have signet rings and stuff, just like weird mishmash of cultures. Yeah. And they're like, dad was a bullfighter or something. It's like really bizarre. There's tons of stuff like that in it. And like, there's a lot of really interesting visuals. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't buy it when people were telling me that the visuals were good because the trailers just look like gray desert. Yeah. Um, but it really is awesome looking. Um, and I would say it's, it's worth watching just to see all the cool visuals, even if you're not interested in like the very specific, like, uh, politics of American imperialism, which it's about, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a movie about like, liberals taking over from nazis and 
and just being like, now we're going to sub- subjugate you, but nice. <laughs> and then the kid being like, wait, what? <laughs> no, we can't do that. We're going to have a jihad. And that's how the book ends. Interesting. Yeah, th- that's that's the point of the movie is that like his he's house Atreides and then they take over from like Nazis who were like killing and like enslaving. And they're like, we're not going to do that. We're going to be nice. You do whatever you want. We're just going to take the spice. That's all we want. You just make it for us and we'll take it. We'll pay and the you. spice is drugs? It, it Yeah. It, it It is something that you take that allows like space travel to be possible because it okay. like makes your brain go crazy. And it's basically like a psychedelic that allows you to travel through space. How? I, it like makes your brain expand so you can like do the calculations you need oh, to okay, do. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's not like you don't go through like a portal or no, something. No, no, it's no. Like, it's not magic. In order to like pilot the ship or whatever. Yeah. You really don't. It's not explained in the movie at all hard mm-hmm. like they say it they like and that's what makes space travel possible and you're like what <laughs> uh, but you do see like one of the guys who's like the spice guy he like and you've see, probably seen this meme it's like the big chubby black guy um he like asks him like how many like light years did to travel to get here and his like eyes roll back in his head and his like eyes turn white uh-huh. and he like has the answer interesting he's just like doing like insane computer calculations in his head so does everybody do spice Mm -mm, just pilots oh interesting um and just people who need to fly the planes but it's like necessary for as like a something for their culture um or at least for their empire Mm -hmm. um so then there's all the people who actually live on arrakis um and they hate all of them (laughs) um and you don't really get to learn about their culture very much um but he keeps having dreams of their culture mm-hmm. and like of like being in their like ranks and like fighting against his own army. Right. And he's like, what's happening to me? Um, Cause he has the force basically. Um, and so once that spoiler thing happens that I said earlier, uh-huh. he basically is put in a position where the, the, the natives of the Fremen is what they're called. Uh-huh. Um, they, uh, they're like, hmm, we might trust you if you are actually going to help us, like, basically take over your own family. And he is. He's going to do that. <laughs> um, so that's what the movie's about, which is cool. I mean, it's like a cool, like, seven, 60s, like, political sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that they're letting him do it because it doesn't seem <laughs> like he's changing much. Um, and in the first book, it's like people criticize it for being, like, white savior kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um because it is i guess but like in the second book it's like yeah you don't get to do that like you have to like you don't you're still you still need to like sacrifice yourself for it or whatever like they're gonna take you over too yeah um so from what i understand dune has pretty interesting and good politics um but i didn't really care because it's like they don't even get to that (laughs) right in this movie which was weird it felt like a show it felt like i was watching the first big episode i feel like that's what everything is now i know it's so annoying so, yeah, as a, it didn't really feel like a movie. It right. felt like I could have watched it in two episodes. I felt like I watched two really good episodes. Is it two it. hours long? It's two and a half hours long. Ugh. It's super long. But it never honestly didn't feel that long because it's really well paced. Yeah. I can't stress enough how impressed I was by the pacing. It was it was a it was a fun pacing movie. So mm. I would say watch it. It's a cool if you like sci fi. It's, it's one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. All right. What did you watch this week, Jeremy? Well, 
I have been watching, I think I've actually talked about this on the show before, but I'm watching the final season of the uh, Showtime hit television show, Shameless. Um, oh, with William is, H. Macy. Yeah. Uh, which is a an American adaptation of a British show. Damn, nobody talks about this show. No, because it is it is not a hit show, but it is no. the biggest show on Showtime, and it is uh, it's now over. So Except Showtime. For Twin Peaks, I am sure. Oh, I guess you're right. Twin Peaks is on Showtime now, um, but Showtime has been like once. <laughs> they they you remember like when we were kids, they had like uh, they had like Dead Like Me, they had Weeds, they had all all these big shows. Oh, yeah. They were competing, pushing daisies. Yeah, maybe? they were like neck and neck with HBO for a bit. They were definitely distinctly dumber. But like they were in the running though, and but the they were in the running for like they were they were the other place that you got prestige TV, mm-hmm. and people who like dumb shit would go there. <laughs> um, Let's see, what did they have? Dexter, Dexter, a very stupid a show, insanely stupid show, but very popular. People loved it. Um, the Chai. Oh yeah, that show sucked. Brotherhood, uh, Masters of Sex. Penny Dreadful. They had um, Queer as Folk. Queer as Folk and The L Word. The L Word. Uh huh. Yeah. Big shows. Big shows. They used to have big, big shows. Uh, Shameless, I feel like, was their. They had Nurse Jackie. Stargate SG1. Um, but anyway, so Shameless is kind of, I feel like, their last big, like, long running series, right? And it, and it was going for a while. The premise of it is we follow William H. Macy's family. They are called the Gallaghers. His name is Frank Gallagher. And uh, his family is like this working class Southside Chicago, you know, disaster where like he is a like the mom has run out on the family. He has like seven kids um, (laughs) and they're all different ages and whatever. So the oldest daughter is kind of like acting as a mother to the family and, um, you know, kind of raising all these kids because William H. Macy is like a like horrific alcoholic who's just like all around town, just like disappearing, getting drunk and like showing up every so often with absolutely nothing valuable uh, to give to the family or anything like that. Now, is it a comedy? It is, yes. It's, okay. a, it's a dark comedy, uh, often, you know, bordering on melodrama. Um, and it's been going on for years, and it's really ridiculous now. It's, like, gone very far beyond the point of, like, having believable premises. It, like, it doesn't even <laughs> really, like, follow its own internal logic very often. Like, they forget stuff that they wrote a couple seasons ago. Like... It, it it just is like really? it's 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 a it's a real case study in like when a team stops giving a shit but <laughs> a network doesn't have anything else so they have to just keep going it's just it's a weird suspended animation of a dead show so you're saying it's bad it's really bad How it's long a very has it been bad ba- like was it ever really good yes yeah, yeah i think the first couple seasons are very good they had a little pickup in the middle there was one season towards the middle that was like pretty good okay and like Something that's interesting about it is now we're on the 11th season. This is the oh final season. Oh, my God. Season. I thought you were... I don't know if you said 11. No, I didn't. It's it's the 11th season. I thought it was the fifth season. No, no, no. This is the 11th and final season. I cannot believe taking that. Taking place during COVID, so there's a lot of COVID stuff in it. What? Um, it literally just came out last year. I mean, this is like the final season of the show. Um, that's such a bizarre choice to be like... This show has been running for 11 seasons. We're just going to do a topical season? No, no, no. It's... it's uh, it's interestingly it's the best thing about the season is that they're talking about covid because a big part of like the the undercurrent of the show forever has been that like cities over the course of 11 years have changed a lot you know 11 years ago Mm. you know cities weren't nearly as gentrified as they are they were gentrifying 
like even it's in way worse yeah <laughs> even in the first season they were talking about how chicago was getting gentrified but like by now it's like it's such a ubiquitous reurbanization that we've gone through that like the world of chicago has changed sure so like having this element of it as kind of like the last straw that's like pushing a lot of them out of the neighborhood because it's like so much of it is about the south side and their neighborhood and whatever and like having this last straw that's like pushing They're them white, out of though, the neighborhood yeah? yes but there are black people also in their kind of in their midst sure um in their like social group and whatever and mm-hmm. actually they have a black brother who like it's like a very it's a funny thing from the first season where like he's a baby at the beginning of the show and they just have a black baby <laughs> uh-huh. who was born of a white mother and so everyone's just like oh yeah she fucked a black guy right. and then you know that's the baby but then they like do a dna test and it turns out that it's a hundred percent both of their kids and it's just like nobody knows why he's black he just is black (laughs) he's a blood related black kid Uh Hmm. he just like came out black for some reason (laughs) is that possible i don't know i think they like try to explain it as like maybe there was like a black person in their lineage way back or something like that it's just i think it's just for, for just absurd comedy's sake yeah have um, you ever seen twins who are like one is like a quote unquote white and one is black? Uh, I guess yeah. I mean like you know like lighter and darker brothers and stuff like that. There's one that was like looks like a black girl and the other twin is uh, a ginger. Mm. And that's very fascinating. That's very interesting because it doesn't matter. It's all just like random right, shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but so something that's it, like so it's always been a dark comedy right sure the 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 things that they draw from for comedy have always been pretty fucked up but something mm-hmm. that's interesting about it now is that it no longer really tries to push back against that worldview like it's a very which n- worldview like so like an example would be in this season uh there's a character whose father was really abusive to him, right? And mm-hmm. we've known this character since season one. Him and one of the Gallagher kids, they're, you know, in a gay relationship together. They got married. They're, like, you know, living together now. That kid's father was super abusive to him. And now he's, like, paralyzed and, uh, you know, old and dying and whatever. And so the son oh. is, like, having to contend with, like, you know, I hate this man for what he's done to me. But he's also still my father and he's sick and, you know, somebody needs to care for him because nobody else is doing it. So he's kind of like wrestling with this, you know, like, what do I do about it? And it's like really serious. It's taken very seriously. Uh He's having conversations with his husband about like, you know, would you take care of me? Like if I was paralyzed, like would I take care of you if you were paralyzed? Like what is this, you know, what what does it mean to like try to forgive? Like really serious conversations sure. they're having with each other and they like hire a home health aide for him and they do like a zany little thing where like cuz the dad is like also a racist, so like, you know, these like different races of home health aide keep like leaving cuz they're just like I can't work with him <laughs> and then finally they get like a nun and like the nun comes in. Sopranos. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. exactly the Sopranos. Um, but so this nun comes in and and she's like, you know, smacking him on the back of the head when he's mean and whatever. And they're like, oh, great, perfect. And then they like come- abuse my father. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then they come home from work that day, and she's like, look, you know, your father is a very bad man. So I had to take care of him the way that I took care of this other person in my life. And they're like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I had to, you know, I had to deliver him to God. And they're like what and they go in and you literally see like a full frontal shot of him just with a plastic bag over his head he's been suffocated to death and she kills him she (laughs) fucking murders him (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we just cut away from that scene to like another scene of like what's the little brother up to now like let's go check in on his b plot (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) and so like what's interesting is like in the past like these sort of dark storylines and these dark jokes and whatever there would be something to push back against it to be like but that's not you know just because this dark thing happened doesn't mean that like you know it's cool to like murder an old man or whatever. For sure, yeah. <laughs> like, but now it's like they're so far along and they don't care anymore. And like <laughs> they're just like forgetting basic shit about like the characters. About the characters <laughs> and like what their stories are, what their motivations are. There's like the little brother, the black little brother. Like there's a conversation this season about who is his um, legal guardian when it was like a major plot point of like two seasons ago that like one of them became the legal guardian and it was like a big emotional like, moment. Yeah. yeah, they just forgot. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> like clearly they're not maintaining a show bible anymore <laughs> so it's the like writers rooms changed hands yeah like exactly two times. so like what's happened is you have this now deeply nihilistic show that just like you're constantly just like a like mouth agape at like what horrible thing they're doing and then they're just <laughs> never like treating it like anything so it just has become this like really jokerfied weird like <laughs> absurd thing that's just like look at how fucked up the world is. Yeah, man. I anyway, guess. up to, back to the zany scene where they're like they're trying to find lube so they can fuck. <laughs> Damn, that sounds so weird. It's really strange. Is it yeah. worth watching any no, of it? No, it's so long. It's eleven seasons. I'm only watching it because they're, like we couldn't find anything to watch the other night, and I was like. Let's see how the show ends. Sure. You know, and you'd seen all 10 seasons. Yeah, yeah. we did like a binge of it at some point and like we hated it a lot of the time and we were just like, this is just a miserable experience. Like That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it looks like all they have is billions mm-hmm. and Moonbase 8 and Flatbush misdemeanors are the only things I've heard of. Yeah. And I don't even think those are big shows. Your Honor with Brian Cranston. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, um, yeah, very bizarre. You know what is good about it, though, is like, I do think that for having been together 11 years, because it's almost all the original cast is still on the show. There's only one. The the eldest sister like left a few seasons ago. They gave her like a happy ending where she's just like, you know what? Like, I don't need to keep doing this. I'm done with you people. Yeah, she literally. <laughs> I mean, this is literally what her exit of the show is, is she's just like, I don't have to keep repeating this cycle and like just living this miserable life just because we're family and whatever. Like I can just fucking leave. <laughs> and everyone's like, I think that's great. You should do that. And she's like, I'm going to move to Florida. And they're like, that's so healthy and good. And then she leaves and nobody ever talks about her again. <laughs> like nobody references the writers her, forget like, that yeah. she exists. Or apparently Showtime is specifically saying like, because we can't get the actress back, like, we, you just can't talk about her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all these times where it would like make sense for somebody to talk about her. Like I don't. in like the, you know, the legal guardian thing. It's like, that's who it is. Like it's you, could, you could bring it up. Call like, her maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like when the, when the, <laughs> the gay couple get married, you're like, where's, where's the older sister? You don't think she'd like come into town for this? <laughs> like, no. Like, at least have somebody, answer the phone and be like hey it's fiona she said she can't make it oh that sucks what a what a bummer (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could do that yeah but it's lazy oh but so so because it's like the same cast for 11 years and it's all the same people they've been working together long enough that like even though the stories are very bad and like it doesn't 
work anymore and it's like depressing to watch the chemistry between the actors is incredible really like anytime you get a scene where you're just like get them together get them talking to each other it's incredible the show is just as good as it was like but anytime that they're just like hey move one of these people somewhere else to move their plot along you're like no that's no, wrong. stop wrong it <laughs> <laughs> put them back in the kitchen they're having breakfast <laughs> is it funny yeah, it's funny. Like okay. the and, and they're good at like bouncing off of each other. Like it feels they talk to each other like a family does because they've been together for as long as most families are. Right. You know, it's weird. Sounds like a really bizarre kind of sad show that yeah. like should be better than it is. Yep, Damn. that's exactly right. <laughs> but at least they're finally putting the bag over its head. Yeah, delivering <laughs> it to God. It, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad show. We're delivering it to God. <laughs> well speaking of really long shows did you watch curb did you know that curb was back no it is i've ne- i've only watched a couple episodes of curb in my what life. yeah you're not a curb guy I know, it seems like i should be but it's i'm not so good it's almost never been bad mm. there's like one season where i was like that was a miss but the last the last season like almost all nine seasons are fucking fantastic yeah and i do i always mean to get into it and then i never do yeah and this new one is about covid and shit it's really weird i th- it's funny because i thought you were about to be like speaking of very long things pcu and i was like it's 80 minutes it's so short <laughs> so the movie we watched this week is pcu yes. a movie that i realized as i was watching it that i've seen of course you have <laughs> Because this is like, I was so surprised when you said you hadn't seen it because I was like, this is the quintessential like Comedy, Central, Comedy Central 90s That's movie. That's where I've seen it. This is one of those movies that they would just throw on because it was it had a cheap license, I'm sure. Oh, you know, I'm, like. I am certain that it had a cheap license. This movie uh, came out in 1994 and it's directed by Hart Bachner, mm. who we all know and love <laughs> um, as e- Ellis in Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, you know the beard guy he's like trying to fuck his wife Mm -hmm. that's who directed this movie okay (laughs) which made kept making me laugh (laughs) like i found that out before i watched the movie and i like was watching this movie and imagining that guy directing this movie and just laughing uh Uh, (laughs) but it is written by zach penn weirdly Mm -hmm. who wrote a lot of stuff yes x2 a lot of marvel stuff Mm -hmm. um He's, he's somebody who um if you've had this experience i'm sure you have uh, when you click through them on Wikipedia, their first picture is at Comic Con. Yes, because that's As where you get the pictures. Type of, yeah, it's a certain type of person in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The guy who likes to go to Comic Con. Yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, directed a movie called Incident Loch Ness and the Grand and Atari Game Over. Not very much stuff, but his yeah. writing credits are the big ones. Um, tons of he's he wrote fucking ready player one uh, so that's funny but this was like his, one of his first movies mm-hmm. um and the movie is about college it's about college and stars uh jeremy piven i want to point out david spade it's not really about anything else it's not about a character yeah <laughs> it's not about a, a, a plot or mm. anything it's just about the vibe of college through the mind of someone who maybe didn't go to college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also a very interesting notable about this that I didn't realize until this time watching it scored by Steve Vai. Oh my God. It sure is scored <laughs> by Steve Vai. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to be honest. I fucking hate this movie. Yeah. Uh, and Steve Vai's score did not help. No, it's so, I mean, I, I, it's funny cause Steve Vai is a guy who I've probably made fun of my whole life. Mm-hmm. just 
He is the absolute quintessential guitar wiener. Right. But there's I don't nobody know, else like him. I don't think I've ever really sat down and like I think once in like my like high fever dream like things where I read the Wikipedia of Insane Clown Posse kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like I've I've put on Spotify a Steve Vai song and be like, Yeah, that sucks. But I've never really heard his music. I so don't like, think I've even done that. Being I think forced to hear the closest these I've come is uh compositions. The Steve Vai shreds. That's the closest That's I've not ever come. Really him. I know it's but it's so good. It's That's funny. one of the best ones. I agree. Um <laughs> but he is uh it's it's sort of Joe Satriani, but worse somehow. Yeah. Um, and being forced to listen to this uh, was was painful. Um, terrible score, terrible music. Steve Vai should not be allowed to touch a guitar. Yeah. Um, so the movie, uh, you start to see the movie through this wiener who <laughs> we only know as prefrosh yeah i don't think we ever learned his real name i'm sure he has a name but i don't care what it is <laughs> he's just um, like some wiener who's going to visit the college <laughs> which is port chester university pcu now is that a thing do you just like go by yourself that's the most interesting thing to, right like, is i dressed up in a nerd outfit yeah, and, i've like, never <laughs> i i i went with you know my mom yeah, to go visit colleges i i went to like a of where there was like a, a group of kids who were visiting the college that I ended up yeah. going to. Um, and we like had, there was like a leader and like orient, you know, it was like, this is what happens on orientation. And this yeah. is what happened. He just like shows up on a bus by himself and has a card and goes to a building where it looks like, I don't know, the set of singles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this, it's just like a bunch of Seattle 90s kids like playing guitar and smoking. Mm-hmm. And he, f- it looks like a venue, not a, not a college. Yeah, and anything. even like later on when it is a venue, it clearly is a venue. It's like a venue. they have like a bar and yeah. shit. And you're just like, this is just a venue. You guys just <laughs> used a venue. <laughs> it's probably not on the campus at all. Yeah. Um, so apparently there's this venue that's a house on campus where not a frat, but a group of friends, I guess. Yeah, because fraternities were banned in the 70s. Which doesn't seem to be true considering the Balls and Shaft exist. No, Balls and Shaft have to, they're an underground group. They're like, they're more in line with like Skull and Bones is the right. idea of them. Yeah. They're supposed to be like a secret society. But he tells he tells him in like a little monologue that like, you know, Balls and Shaft used to be a fraternity, but when they banned them in the 70s, they had to go underground. So they're like a secret group now. But for whatever reason, the pit is allowed to be out in the open. Right. Even though they're not like a frat. But also, is there any colleges that, that banned Greek? No. Why no, would I that happen? I don't think so, at least. Okay. Um, yeah. So th- this movie, just off the bat, is full of things like this where you're just like, what? What is like? Why I mean, is it's this? supposed to be like because it's like a topsy turvy like PC gone mad world. So I think the idea is that fraternities were seen as not PC. Is that the logic? I there? assumed that's what the idea was. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we meet Jeremy Piven, who looks forty. <laughs> um. And it's not a thing like Van Wilder where he's been there for seven years. He's no, just a he, senior. Just a senior. Um. And he is uh you know showing him around in a like frustratingly paced montage i guess where he just yeah. like goes around and shows people like the inconsequential groups of kids who are annoying him yeah because the idea is that he he isn't usually the guy who does this his friend uh like pranked him by like signing him up to be this guy right and uh delaney it was, and or it, was, it was in 
in retaliation for some really racist thing that he did. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but it was something where I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, oh, no, it was he put dog biscuits in his in his bag at the airport so that the drug dog sniffed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> cool thing to do to your one black friend. Great prank. Yeah. Who's there seemingly to to be sure to the audience that we're reactionaries but we're not racist yeah yeah, like absolutely he's really only there just to make sure you know he's not racist Mm -hmm. he hates everyone else but it's you know south park style right exactly he's a south park conservative we hate everybody yeah exactly Um, um and so we're immediately introduced to i guess the premise of because it's not i thought kind of going into it that it was going to be a like i don't know what i thought some sort of like over the top like institutional political correctness like mm-hmm. it was like harry potter political like you know what i mean like for wokeness or something sure um but it's not it's just a regular college um where you know it's like maybe a little more I mean, like, it's heightened because it's a comedy. Yeah, and it's like a little more segmented where it's like there's like the feminist group, there's the there's like a hotep group. Yeah, there's it reminded like, me of the Warriors. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, if there's a fucking hotep gang in the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, it's a. <laughs> there's a like a. And they're all on roller skates for some reason. A '90s second wave feminist gang, mm-hmm. and there's a vegan gang. Yeah. Uh, and a hotep gang. That's so funny <laughs> and they uh <laughs> and uh really those are the only three um right uh yeah there's like balls and shaft there's the hippies jerry town oh right, right right um there's the metal kids and then there's uh the 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 open racist uh nazi kids the yeah. balls in the shaft um and then there's the cool guys and then there's the cool guys who, who just for- don't care about all that shit <laughs> yeah and that's who you're introducing <laughs> that's who you're introducing and that's, who that's you jeremy the movie piven with. yeah jeremy piven and and uh john favreau <laughs> yeah well john favreau, john favreau with white guy dreads so funny it's very bizarre he's just yeah, like i like him in this <laughs> oh no he's the only good part of the movie yeah he is funny and john favreau just being a metalhead dumbass yeah uh who literally can't like understand language because <laughs> like, he gets too high he eats yeah the, he yeah eats when he gets brownie. high and he's just like i don't know what anything is uh that's mildly funny and probably the only time i laughed in the whole movie mm-hmm. did you before we keep going did you think this was funny i loved it when i was a kid i know but now oh like did I, you laugh i was surprised by i think there was more stuff that made me laugh than i expected to Oh really? You thought it was you thought it was gonna be bad? I th- I expected to come into this and be like, damn, this was very stupid and very <laughs> unfunny. I think it exists in a very interesting liminal space where it is both better than I remember and worse than I remember. <laughs> like it is in many ways a garbage movie. It's like structurally Terrible, yeah. very flabby, very stupid, like not really put together at all. It's it's made of jello. It's structurally jello. Oh, yeah. I mean it's I mean it was hard to compare it was hard to compare it to anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I har- like it's like how high. Yes. If there wasn't jokes, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like how high doesn't really have a story. I don't remember anything about how high structurally, but I know it's funny. Yeah. And it made me laugh a lot. This was a movie where 
I have like trouble wrapping my head around what's even happening. Yeah. Uh, There's things that got giggles out of me. There were a couple times that I laughed. Like one of the ones that got me right away was when Jeremy Piven is like introducing him around to everybody. And um, he introduced him to his ex-girlfriend. The womanist. Yeah. The womanist who he was dating who um then in like a aside someone's like uh like you named his penis or something like that and then another one just says really bluntly to her you dated a white man <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i don't know why like the bluntness of that really got me because everything else in this is so like they're, they're trying to like shroud everything in this like very specific sort of dialogue where there's like the the feminists speak in this very like pc sort of way where like yeah. they're using like weird like workarounds to not say like you fucked a you know a, a man like the, it's <laughs> like you you were you were you know uh penetrated by a, a phallus yeah you know and, and then a this colonizer one phallus yeah exactly and then this one woman is just like you dated a white, white male man? yeah <laughs> <laughs> if that's not really a joke you laugh yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's stupid it's no, stupid i yeah. laughed a couple times at how mm-hmm. bad the movie was yeah and i mean the one thing that i really laughed at was um and, and the thing that was most confusing about this movie is there's a couple times where they make very clear that the movie doesn't think that jeremy piven or david spade are good people yes yeah, yeah. so and, this is the other thing that was really and that was like oh wait what is the point of this movie? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I was gonna say is in in the in that part of the the you know the weird liminal space like the things that are better than I remember is that like I was like oh yeah like this is an interesting angle that you have here that like because the whole time like David Spade you right away are just like this guy's a fucking dork. The, the best joke I in the movie like is him. that when he they ask him what the passwords is. Oh yeah, yeah, who's the greatest president of the United States? Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. What's a casual shoe for yachting? I don't remember. Ta- Sperry Topsiders. Yeah, I think. yeah, and then it's like, and who killed Jesus Christ? The Jews. <laughs> very funny because like the way he delivers it is very good he's like the jews he's like the jews because he's like annoyed that (laughs) he has to do this and like and it's like who would even need to ask this of course it's the jews uh that part is funny and uh, david spade has a couple like like long like almost aaron sorkin-y like things where he's in the frat house talking to his friends Mm -hmm. that were entertaining and made me laugh yeah um but 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 the thing that really stood out to me was the moment when they see David Spade and uh, John Favreau is like, man, rooming. You were roommates with yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I was gonna it must say, have like, been a nightmare. So you spend the whole movie basically like, if there's one main character of this, it's not the prefrosh. It's no. it's Jeremy Piven, it and you're supposed to think that Jeremy Piven is like the coolest he's like such a cool guy he's got like everything yeah, it's he's got it all figured out it's structured and, like, and filmed that way where he's one step ahead of everybody mm-hmm. he's smarter than everybody he has all the right takes he's not he's not like stupid enough to buy anybody's bullshit he's not a vegan he hates all the women as equally yeah but then that scene happens. But yeah, so then we see a flashback where like where uh John Favreau's like, it must have fucking sucked to live with him and he, he flashes back and he's like fucking a girl and then David Spade just like makes a noise and he just like freaks out and is like throwing shit at the wall, right. like jumping up on top of the desk, just screeching like He's like, Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Go to sleep! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like this genuinely terrifying thing. You see David Spade just like curled up in his bed, just like, oh my God, is he going to murder me? Yeah, he's just being like an insane asshole. Yeah. And it's the first time the movie is like, this guy is a fucking cock. Yeah. Like, he's a hateful piece of shit. And then it flashes back to him and he like looks at, at John Favreau and he's like, yeah, it's, it sucked. Yeah. Like, like he had a moment of introspection. Like, I was really mean to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it, like, really never really revisits that. Nope. Which is disappointing, because I was like, oh, wait, is this movie smarter than am I giving it credit for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't. But, like, <laughs> something, something there, they had, like, some idea there that, like, maybe they were going to, like... I think the problem with the movie is that they just were... They felt too... Like, they had to homage Animal House. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it's basically the same movie where, you know, they want to save the fucking yeah, Greek yeah, yeah. shit and they, you know, are assholes and they're cool because they don't care. And, like, they had this moment of, like, no, he's a dick too. Yeah. And he doesn't know anything. He's just a dumb college kid who thinks he's better than everybody. But then they didn't know how to do that structurally. Right. So they just made him be a genius who wins. It's. <laughs> But it's interesting because it's like it's trying to be this like all encompassing condemnation of PC culture. Right. And like they're trying to like they're trying to phrase it in such a way where they're like, look, we're not coming at this from a right wing angle because we also <laughs> sure. hate David Spade. Right. And like, yeah. you're meant to hate the Republicans. Like you're supposed He's to the be main like these guys guy. suck. And like the establishment of the of the college, they suck too. And all mm-hmm. these people who who have all their little issues that they want to like cancel people over and whatever they all suck the only cool people are us who don't care about anything yeah we rock and we drink and smoke yeah and we are friends with george clinton (laughs) yeah but then so it's like but then in in those moments where you see like his little flashback or like the resolution to everything where like he's like look like why don't we all just resolve to like not protest and like not rock the boat and whatever and like you kind of like end up instead of being a condemnation of PC culture, you end up with a condemnation of Gen X nihilism where you're just like, yeah, this isn't really a resolution at all. And in fact, all you've really done by the end of the movie, all you've really done is just turned everybody's anger towards this guy instead yeah. of your guy. So really all you've done is just uncancel yourself. You haven't <laughs> yeah. like done away with the PC culture. Well, you've just al- pushed it to somebody else. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it drops that. And what's, I think the problem with the movie I mean, it has many problems, but one that that problem kind of ends up being that they aren't trying to make a statement; they're trying right. to cash in on something. And the movie felt as cringe as if it was a movie called like "Woke You." Yeah, it, it's the same shit. And I think the most fascinating thing, and the only reason I would even halfway recommend this movie, is because it's so strangely similar. Like this movie is exactly the same movie that would be made right now. That's what I was going to say is like, I'm, I'm very curious what a modern version of this would look like. Cause it wouldn't be very, very different. It's exactly the same. I think like, like there's the hoteps, there's the SJWs, there's the, I think you would replace the, um, womanist with like a tr- radical trans. No, they'd maybe. still be the womanists. You just add an extra group uh, for trans people. And they're th- what the women's are turfs. The pit would be, the pit would be gamers. They wouldn't gamers. be. They wouldn't be rockers. Hmm. They would probably be gamers. 
it's really because gamers don't see themselves as political gamers like the gamer culture thing is yeah. is really just being like i just want to game yeah <laughs> uh, it's hard because the 90 the if there is a one like major difference culturally it's that the 90s you were allowed to identify as not paying attention right and like now there's almost no subculture that i can think of and maybe it's nascent i, I bet it is like i mm. bet like there's some weird like hundred gex bts hybrid like culture that's just like not interested and not political mm-hmm. um but it's not like taken hold as like a cultural thing yet where it's like you kind of have to have an opinion now yeah um and you know most people are sort of funneled towards some left liberal dsa thing and that's like anyone who's going to college is like sort of in that area but you can't be nothing like you can't be like i don't pay attention to politics man right that's like not a viable option so that is an interesting thing that there wouldn't be those guys maybe cause, because so many the whole Gamergate thing happened and like is so a part of like gamers as like a community. Right. So, but the, the thing is like the, you know, Jeremy Piven, John Favreau and all them, they're not, you know, just in the same way as like, and quote unquote, a political person today is making a political statement by being a political, like they aren't apolitical. They have their own opinions. Yeah. They, you know, they think like just because they find the vegans annoying doesn't mean that that's what's happening there. They're saying, I think eating meat is okay. Yeah, you know, of course. By being annoyed by the feminists, they're saying, I think that, you know, the patriarchy is okay. Yeah. Like, by the way, a very funny thing that the Hoteps are just in the angry mob for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do anything to them at that all. That is so, because they're dancing around, because in the 90s, the one thing you couldn't be was racist. Right. Like, that was a line. And it, it almost felt like they had something that was, like, misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have, like, done something accidentally racist the the 90s move would have been like accidentally having a ku klux klan hood on yes or whatever and they'd be like hey that guy's a racist or i kind of feel like something must have gotten like cut something must have got cut because mm-hmm. otherwise the only thing that he does to them is he like bumps into the guy yeah <laughs> and that's like i and guess bad like, enough white man yeah. in my space and it's it's definitely this sort of like everyone's mad at me because I'm white and a guy and Mm -hmm. I didn't even do anything. Yeah. And I, and fuck all of these people. And it's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what I was going to say though, is that like the way that the pit guys see themselves in this movie is exactly the way the gamers see themselves today. Like gamers don't like, I mean, there are like definitely like reactionary Nazi gamers and there are gamers who affiliate themselves with that by proxy. But those people who affiliate themselves by proxy, I truly do believe this just identify as apolitical whether or not they are apolitical is right right right. you know up to you know you to decide but like like they see themselves as the way the pit does where they're just like look i'm just a cool guy i just care about fucking having fun with my fucking games and when you put a bisexual woman in my (laughs) fucking fallout like i go fucking bananas because you're trying to make me think about politics during the time that i switch off but i think that's the thing is that there's even within gaming there's a cultural argument that's Mm -hmm. always being had online although i will say uh elden ring is a game that's coming out and it's like the first time that i can remember in my adult life that i've been excited for a product mm-hmm. like in a long time like whether it be a movie or a book or anything that i've been honestly like i'm 
very excited to play this. And I've been like reading the Reddit. Uh And it's been kind of refreshing to have an outlet for like literally no one has ever mentioned anything political. Like no one, no COVID, no Biden, no Trump, no Fauci. Literally nothing that I've seen constantly all day on Twitter. It's just not there. Yeah. They're talking about poise and damage and magic and, <laughs> and horses and jumping mm-hmm. and it's just like not political at all and it's not there's no mods like deleting shit it seems i mean i'm sure they are but like it just feels like everyone's just there to talk about games and it's like i definitely understand why you'd want that yeah especially now um because it's exhausting to think about the crumbling world around <laughs> you uh, but it's such a different I think that's the biggest cultural difference of the 90s was that it was like everything was fine. Right. Why are all you people mad? Like basically. And I was just reading um, Steve Albini, a man who has been. Yeah. What's going on with Steve Albini? What, what, what is that? <laughs> well, Steve Albini, a man who is very de- near and dear to my heart. Huge fan. You know this about me, I think. I don't know who that is, really. Oh, Steve Albini is the. Um, lead singer and uh songwriter of the famous noise rock band big black oh, okay and uh then rape man and then uh shellac and his current band rape is shellac. Man? yes uh and he <laughs> and he um is he, that like it was a japanese manga that someone sent him oh, and he okay. thought it was so strange and bizarre i that thought it was like a superhero it was it was a japanese superhero called rape man called rape man but it was like a porn thing it was a, he was it, bit by a radioactive rapist <laughs> it was a hentai <laughs> thing that he would like received in like the 90s and okay. it was just like i'm naming my band this um and uh now his he he is responsible for producing nirvana's last album and oh that's where i would know his Surfer name from rosa yeah yeah, yeah. And, pixie's best records like Mm -hmm. he's like the producer of like these incredible 90s albums it's like him and like butch vig are like the two big names from that era and so you know he he was very involved in edgelord culture in the 90s uh and he recently i had been talking because of like rape man yeah like well big big black was also like his whole shtick was just like pushing racism and misogyny in people's face in his mind from a point of being against those things sure yeah but and that's how it always starts but never explaining that yeah you know like having songs about how this bitch told me to fuck off so i want to kill her boyfriend kind Mm -hmm. of like stuff but in his mind making fun of people who would sing this stuff um, making fun of like masculinity and like all this stuff, but never telling people that until decades later um, in this very small article that I read. And I did an interview or did an episode of Anna introducing Chris Wade and Molly's mm-hmm. podcast about this. Um, I've done two episodes on big black and Steve Albini, but very recently he um, did another interview sort of more broadly with Mel magazine, which is a bigger magazine. Yeah. Um, more broadly talking about like, I think I was wrong to do some of these things. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. <laughs> I do think some of it is like worthwhile artwork and important. Yeah. But like, I think like I, my role in like edge, like creating edgelord culture, if that's a thing is like something that I should have some responsibility for and say that it's not, you know, and it's an interesting conversation. But that's what's what's interesting is you could just do that. <laughs> yeah. In the in the eighties and nineties, you could just be like, oh, oh what I, I brought this up to say that in that interview, he says like me and my friends 
what we were convinced of and what we were told basically by the media around us was that we were in the end of history Mm -hmm. and that there was this, we had accomplished all of like the equality stuff. Women could vote, black men could like black people could vote. Uh, you know, we just were coasting like all of the stuff had been accomplished. So it was just like, in my mind, I was pushing what I saw not having been accomplished into people's faces and being like, this is something we need to deal with still. Yeah. And he's like, I laughed at Nazis and like people who were neo-Nazis because everyone thought of them as a joke um, and people to be made fun of. And no one really thought of it at that time that it could like come back and be like a political thing because no one had any like understanding of culture or politics. So it's interesting because that's, I think the big thing that changed was that now everyone knows (laughs) that you must have an opinion because there are the right is ever present now and the left is not existent i kind of wonder if we're like kind of heading back towards that though it's very possible and i think the what 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 would happen what the way that would happen is if we survive Mm -hmm. like if 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 we become, if China doesn't like take us over, if we're able to like stabilize and become like a sort of like, if we do like, if Bernie Sanders or someone like him became president Mm -hmm. next, like, and not a Democrat, like a new party or something. And it was like more left leaning, like Swedish socialism, you know, Swedish Dem social democracy or whatever. Right. right, right. Absolutely. The nineties are back. I kind of wonder easy. if like easy, easy. A, a similar on a similar note, like if there was like a if there's like some like major crazy engineering breakthrough that just like negates climate change, like just some like random like God, you know, technology just like yeah, it just appears <laughs> and it's just like somebody is just like I invented a machine that turns like, you know, it turns the greenhouse gases into like, you know, food. Yeah, people can eat it or whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever it turns sure. it into algae. Yeah, something like that. I think that even if even if there if, was like something that took like that sort of Damocles off of us. Yeah, I kind of feel like we'd just go right back to the nineties. Absolutely. Even if the sort of like techno feudalism kept going. Yeah, where it was like, well, you have to live in Facebook villages, and you know, this was the thing I wanted to bring up about Shameless is that like a big ever present thing in the final season is like there's this like amazon fulfillment center that just like opened in the south side and everybody's constant like it's like it's it's a source of income for everybody but it's also like a source of shame Mm -hmm. and like everybody is constantly like either giving up and going to work there or getting fired from there or like working there and hating themselves it's it's just an interesting specter that hangs over the whole season (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean well that's the thing i think that the globalization and like like I said, techno-feudal industrialization of the workforce and like further alienation of the workforce where you no longer even have a workplace. You don't have coworkers. Yeah. You're just a fucking like single person in a car, like crying, mm-hmm. like is destroying the country like that more than anything. Because like climate change, I think weighs on a certain type of person. But I, I really think that the sort of DoorDash, Uber, Amazon delivery person, like, ification of the country is the thing that is really causing, like, a working class mindset to be like, this is bullshit and we can't do this as a culture mm-hmm. to kind of coalesce. Um, if that got removed, if we kind of went away from that and, like, sort of focused on, like, fixing climate change altogether, 
Yeah, we could go back to the nineties. But we'd have to we'd have to alleviate a lot of like misery that's yeah. like happening on people. Um Or I mean the other idea is that you like push it further to the other side of the horseshoe where like you get it to be so futile <laughs> that like like everybody is like so like overwhelmed by it that it now becomes normal that you live in techno feudalism and so you now are just like well i guess like <sighs> whatever you love big brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i mean yeah it'll be different but i do think i mean i do think that something large will have to happen to quell the tens of thousands of people on strike right now. <laughs> like yeah. The, a, a literal communist getting like the most votes for mayor, even though no one ever talked about her in New York yeah. city. Like shit is on fire and they need to figure out how to maintain their hold. And I think they can, like, I don't think, I think a lot of people have this sort of like hair on fire, like America and empire is going to, crumble and i feel mm. like it's going to be a much slower decline there's yeah. going to be there's we're in a the first big dip and i think there's going to be like yeah this is like I, steps I, down i've said this before that like the the arc of history trends towards boring right yeah. like mm-hmm. your life is most likely going to be boring you're not going to see like the huge insane collapse of the united states you're going to see like a slow decline where like eventually at some point you're going to like wake up and be like oh weird like w- why are why are my neighbors like making calls to china now yeah yeah you know like there's gonna Mm -hmm. be one day where you're like oh damn we're like not number one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think that part is definitely happening already uh it definitely feels like that to me living in new york it just feels like everything has gotten really bad um but anyway this movie (laughs) uh this movie was fascinating for all the reasons we're saying like it made me think of all of this stuff yeah yeah, yeah. because you can see the seeds of basically every cultural phenomenon that's happening right now in every character in this movie um and it it would be different things have progressed and things are 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 evolved but it's it's fascinating how much people identify i think now with this guy like all of these sort of like I, I, I hesitate to even bring this up, but like this sort of like post left, mm. like um, neo right, fu- like populism, sort of like we're not anything actually. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a new, you know, a nu- I mean, it's old, but it's it's like a fucking um, who was that guy with the big nose, Ross Perot? Mm-hmm. It's like he that. Had big it's ears. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he had ears. Yeah, yeah regular Aman- nose. I, just, I was just imagining Amanda B- Amanda Bynes, uh, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, the sort of oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. new. Uh, we're doing a new party, and we're actually we're you know we're left, but we're fascist. You know, like this whole like new thing. That's those people are like the whole like return to like reject modernity kind of thing. Yeah. That feels like then they all think they're Jeremy Piven Mm -hmm. like, and it's more directed and like we have an idea, which is nothing, which is to not care. You know? Yeah. It's like the cartoon Avi people on Twitter who, who just like gang up on each other's enemies and whatever. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very specific type of like 
it's it's an aloofness, right? Mm-hmm. Is what we're talking about here. It's like an aloofness towards things where you still have some ideology that you let come out every so often, but yeah. you think it's cringe, and yeah. so you're like, actually, I'm just kidding. And I think well, what's that- really important is is that what your actual beliefs are is all of this is cringe, mm-hmm. and I think that's Jeremy Piven's like specific character. Yes, that's absolutely. all. That all he is is that he's like he gets in a car and he like looks at the CDs and he's like, ugh, ugh, yeah, ugh. Yeah, his, all of this is lame. Yeah, I'm his, so much his, cooler than his this. His would be like Moltar and like he'd be Who like is Moltar? Moltar from, uh, from Space Ghost, the guy with the, oh yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. With the mask. He'd have like Moltar and he'd be <laughs> like, he'd be in like a f- secret DM with like a group of people where it's like one of them is like Junior Soprano <laughs> <laughs> you know like, yeah he's friends with a guy who like knows john zorn and yeah shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. uh you know like it, it, it he it, it's it's about like being cooler than everyone else because it, you don't care and what's really annoying about living in this time is, is what i was trying to say before is even the people who are like i'm cooler because i don't care have to be like i'm actually an esoteric catholic uh you know fascist or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like shut up no one gives a shit yeah like that doesn't mean anything <laughs> i actually think that anime depictions of the middle ages are <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's this kind of shit i'm talking about what was it just... it's like the, they're the only accurate representation of the middle ages or like the only joyful one or whatever yeah so stupid it's it, it is it is completely but again the, my point about this isn't that they're stupid it's that they're the same kind of stupid every 90s Every every decade has had this kind of yeah, person yeah, yeah, yeah. of just this person who thinks they're too cool to really get involved and just wants to like make everything nice in their personal life because they're mm-hmm. a narcissist. Yeah, it's the I mean, it's the uh, uh, do you remember this from like I mean, it was ages ago now, but like there's the city skylines guy who I talked about who like his whole presence is like, <laughs> you guys are cringe for like doing city skylines this way. Now watch me do city skylines <laughs> this way. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's the person who, who is just like anti sincerity as their main ideology. Right. And, and it's just, it's fool's gold, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, like you can't you can't like outflank everybody into being like the one cool pussy getting guy because (laughs) because you're the one who like really doesn't care yeah i literally saw one of those people claim that they didn't listen to music anymore because it like took away from like the sounds of trees and shit and it's just like this is the end goal of like esotericism and like i'm cooler than thou yeah because it's like just completely ruining your life to own normies. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What? Who? What's the point of this? It's like a friend of also, mine. How is it politics? Yeah, <laughs> a friend of mine is married to a guy who um, he's like a big like anti phone guy. So he's sure. just like he's like constantly like leaving his phone places and like but very conspicuously and like brings it up all the time and shit so you're just kind of like i don't know man like yeah i don't have a phone well he has it but he's just like he's like you know i was like going out we were like going to dinner and drinks and like we were hanging out and i was like i just want to be present i don't need this thing oh my god he he didn't say i want to be present (laughs) yeah he said i want to be present i don't need this thing never introduced me (laughs) and it's like holding holding the phone in such a way and like looking at it just like i don't need this thing i don't even care if it breaks calling the phone this thing is like (laughs) It's like such a fucking move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, and I and I feel for these people 
because you they want to unplug and they want to live life and i understand that they want to run away from an actually horrible society that is bad <laughs> but making it part of your identity it, like the, it's the only thing they know is to create a brand mm-hmm. and it's like well i need to make a better brand yeah and that's not the uh, answer either i'm sorry to bring up shameless again but there's a thing now in this new season there's a short monologue that uh william h macy gives where so like you know weed is now legal in chicago and so that's kind of a big part okay. of it too and so they're like kind of starting a diy dispensary and he's like going to buy like special rolling papers where like he knows a person who makes like all different colors and patterns and whatever rolling papers and he's giving a monologue to his granddaughter about how like he's like because you, you got to understand like the people who have money now are millennials and the thing about millennials is that the only thing that matters to them is their identity yeah and whatever it is you can do to cater to their identity you have to do so in our case we're making all different shapes and colors and patterns of joints that we're selling to them so that every single person who comes to us can find the joint that's theirs <laughs> and it means something to them. And, you know, and, and, and ultimately... That's such a good idea. Yeah, and they all have the same <laughs> weed inside them. Of course, so yeah. It's like it's not different at all. It just looks like it's different. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I, you know, I was a kid. I was a goth kid, mm-hmm. you know, so I totally understand. I grew up in the same society as all of these people and I have the same inclinations yeah, like sure. i i remember me and my sister found pink cigarettes like they had like a gold filter and oh i remember cig- the japanese ones yeah i think they, these were nat sherman's but yeah exactly um and like we wouldn't tell people where we bought them because there was only like one gas station we could find them mm. in like the whole city um and we were like don't tell anybody because we have them yeah and it was like that inclination is so bitchy but like i get it like you want to be cool and it's like but now it has like people have allowed that teenage inclination of like, I want to be special to like literally inform everything in their life yes, <laughs> and their politics and what they think like should happen in the world. And it's insanely stupid and dangerous. And it happened. It started in the nineties because everyone thought that there was nothing t- to change. They couldn't change anything. And so the only thing that you could change was how cool you were. Yes. So I hated this movie for making me think of all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and also just for not being funny enough. Not and... for being funny enough. We didn't even really say what happens. It's basically they have to get they have whatever. They're somebody's trying to close their little fucking club Jessica and they have Walters, to like make it not happen. It says that the house is gonna foreclose and they have to raise money. So they find George Clinton and raise the money. Yeah, that's all that happens Doesn't in the movie. Matter. Doesn't matter. You know what is interesting. There are some interesting directorial choices that mm-hmm. I was very intrigued by. It doesn't look bad as a movie. No. It doesn't look bad. It's, it's a very, uh, and honestly, very nostalgic feeling because mm-hmm. I saw it. I, I've seen this movie at least three times. Sure, yeah. Uh, on like, Comedy Central. But also nostalgic for a style of filmmaking that doesn't exist anymore. I was thinking like during the beginning when we're seeing all the establishing shots of the bus that he's on, I was like, they don't really do that anymore. Yeah. They don't really do that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of, you know, 90s acting happening where there's like background actors, little bit part characters who are like really you know making choices like making things happen you know Mm -hmm. and that's interesting also a ton of camera movement all of the time Mm -hmm. like they show the the pcu like gates and there's like i'm not even sure it's like a crane shot from the ground and then it like lifts up to see the 
bus going down into the driveway yeah really interesting cool cool visual movie there's one thing that i was thinking of though where john favreau when he's in the Jerrytown house and they're just like this is one of the things that's so annoying in the movie is that like all these good things that it does are just completely undermined by how just poorly written so much of it is yeah. the Jerrytown guys absolutely everything about them is very stupid that nothing they say is ever funny this is the weed guys the weed guys yeah yeah it's 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 all they do they is got, like yeah man like it's it's a person who's never smoked weed wrote this yeah they got so close to being funny a couple times and just like always the dog is the it. funniest thing they did <laughs> when they have the dog on the frisbee team that was very funny yeah um but so so it's john favreau is there and he's trying to get a ride to the show or whatever and he's like, all right, man, why don't you do like one fucking bong rip with us? And they have this weird moment where just the aesthetic of the movie completely changes. Yeah. And like they do like a side profile of John Favreau and it like gets dark and like moody. <laughs> and he just goes like, I guess I can just have one. <laughs> and like it just like the music plays and swells and he just like smokes it and then it just kind of like fades out and like, yeah <laughs> it's a very just like weird creative choice that the director made yeah that i appreciated there's stuff in the movie that was like this is a competent director mm-hmm. uh these actors are trying uh you know it's not it is not as bad as blank man it's not as bad but as it's blank just, man just content wise a thousand times less charming and watchable yeah um Jerry Jeremy Piven is is uh, very charismatic. He is charismatic. I don't think he's good necessarily. I'm not going to say he's compelling. He annoyed me. But he's got this very big like '90s comedian sort of energy where he's like he's doing like a Jim Carrey almost. He's doing like Sam Kinison half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very bizarre. Um, I don't know why he's doing that because he's supposed to be a college kid Uh, who's like a slacker, but he's like very tryhard personality type for being a slacker like he's always like putting on like these sort of like very dramatic things he's like my friends i think it's time that we have a party yeah (laughs) you know that's not a that's that's a try hard way to talk he's a jock or like a bro or or he's kind of everything and that's what's cool about him you know (laughs) (laughs) he just doesn't care about these labels i think one of the the when i really (laughs) turned on the movie was when they tried to get me to buy the the pre-frosh like having some sort of romantic thing with this girl who has no lines. Yeah. There's like this moment where he's like, I guess I'm going to go. Everything's crazy here. I'm being chased by a crowd of people. The whole movie. Way too much angry mob. Way too much. It, angry. It's mob. a lot of the movie is him like Looney Tunes running from a cloud of dust. Yeah. Of like, like nine different times. They have like a smash cut to I'm being chased by an angry mob. The nine that Jeremy just said is not an exaggeration. Yeah. It's so many times. So many times. And like different e- characters. It's like every other scene that isn't specifically a Jeremy Piven scene ends with him like running through. Yeah. And like the crowd following. Like I will f- say the resolution to it though, when he like gets to the house and like Jeremy Piven is just like, "Hey, take him downstairs, beat the shit out of him," <laughs> and they're just like, "Great, okay, perfect, <laughs> justice is done." Yeah, um, it's weird. Uh, and then like at least it pays off. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a reason that they put that in the movie, uh, in that all of those people are the crowd for the party they have, and they yeah. basically swindle all of them from like charging them to get in charging them to use the restroom charging them for drinks something i don't believe everybody would be like interested in seeing george clinton well, that's the thing there's so many things in the movie that the jokes just the premises are baffling yeah where it's like this guy is like uh his 
his thesis is that anytime Michael Caine or Michael Douglas are on, like anytime you're watching TV, a Michael Caine movie is on TV or something. Yeah. And it's like, what? And it's, then it's, what's it's the- Michael Caine or somebody else. And then the end of his thesis is when they're both in a movie together. But that's the part that frustrated me because it's like, okay, well, that's stupid. But then even within its own internal logic, the joke is like, why would why would them being in a movie together be anything? I think the idea that they didn't explain very well. I was thinking about it this time because I always remember that moment as being like, it's like a funny, like pivotal moment. He's like, I can stop watching TV. I can stop TV. watching TV now. I think the idea was that it's like, he was like timing the time between like when you would see them both in a movie and that in that time period, you'd never not see them both in a movie. Like you'd never not see one or the other. And That's I think he was like trying to measure the time <laughs> period or, or something like that. Very strange. Um, it's a very strange over involved and under explained joke. That is not funny. Yeah. Even if they did explain it. <laughs> um, so there's a, but that's, that I think is indicative of a lot of things in this movie where the premise is absurd, but it, the joke isn't that it's absurd. It's just like, they don't understand what they're trying to say. Yeah. Um, and they don't understand what's funny about it either. Um, and then, yeah, George Clinton is way too popular for like this yeah. college campus of white kids mm-hmm. to be like in the nineties. Uh, every, like there's multiple scenes where everyone's like parliament funkadelic yeah maggot brain like (laughs) everyone's like yeah oh yeah everyone knows his whole oeuvre yeah and he's (laughs) so old yeah it's not like a popular it's just that's the guy they could get so he had yeah exactly um yeah and then it ends where he um he saved they saved the 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 house with the concert and then they get the best on Jessica Walters after doing Yeah, they get her fired or many whatever. illegal things, yeah. breaking and entering. Yeah, and then yeah, just trying to get him to like set up with this girl who that they've never interacted before and that's why he stays and then they brings the it's all like like you said, it's made of jello. Yeah. It it's it's like the idea of a movie <laughs> more than a real movie. Yeah. So I wouldn't watch it unless you wanna be an anthropologist and like it's a really interesting and good time capsule of a specific type of thought that is reemerging mm-hmm. from the nineties. Yeah. I would actually recommend it for that reason. I'm going to say I recommend watching it. It's very hard to watch because it's not streaming absolutely anywhere. Nobody has the license for this movie. And apparently I think comedy central must still own it or something like that. But uh, you were saying apparently like people. Oh yeah. I read a thing where it was like some right winger people were just like, it's, it speaks too much truth to power (laughs) and so the libs can't let it be on streaming or whatever that is the most like boomer thing i wonder if it's just like comedy central just still owns the rights to it but they don't show movies anymore. also it's fucking terrible like no one (laughs) you'd have to like (laughs) who would be like we got to get pcu yeah right movie no one cares about no people i mean but i think people our age like who grew up on comedy central like i think there's a certain type of person who like if they haven't seen it in a while they'd they'd be like i'd throw it on for sure yeah um but I would I would recommend it if you can find it if you can manage to get your hands on it I'd recommend watching it because I do actually think it's it's deeply fascinating how parallel it is and and how much like when people talk about PC gone mad like if you ever for even a second buy into the idea that like PC is like bad now and like you know the way that the woke people are now is like particularly and uniquely bad this is a good movie to watch because you can see how much 
this exact conversation was yeah. happening in the early 90s. And, and and it's that is so that is so true because I think <laughs> I, I, <laughs> because like so true, bestie. It's <laughs> it's exactly the ratio. Same co- <laughs> <laughs> it's the same conversations about the same people. Yeah. And it's the same arguments. Using the exact same language. Yeah. Like, and, and the same bad faith representations of these people and what they want. Yeah. Like, David th- Spade is literally just like an alt-right Nazi kid. Yeah. Like, and every single thing. The only thing that's different is that it's grunge music. <laughs> right. And, and and they don't have some sort of other thing they're offering. Yeah. The only thing they're offering is stop caring. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen the movie So Fucking What? No. Very similar type of movie, but that one actually has a lot in my memory has a lot more to say about like it's like a movie specifically about we should just watch it about You should watch Van Wilder too. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> uh about 90s sort of Gen X nihilism yeah. where he gets to become like this sort of like televangelist character because he doesn't care. Like he says so fucking what? And it's like his catchphrase. Right, right, right. And it like becomes this thing that people buy and sell. And then some like weird Christian homeschooler like assassinates him and is like, everything matters. And then she becomes like the new evangelist or whatever. Oh, okay. And it's just about like this weird oscillation between caring about stuff and not caring about stuff. The movie I don't think lands on anything of like, you actually have to have ideology for any of this to matter. But mm-hmm. like, it is an interesting little time capsule. Um, but this, I think, accidentally has as much to say as that movie. Yeah. Where it, 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 it doesn't, but it's, it's like as if these weird Twitter, these Twitter weirdos who like think they're above politics or whatever right. got to become the sort of main character of culture for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you are, you are caring too much because you can do whatever you want your rights are fine don't worry about it just rock out (laughs) it's weird yeah so i'd recommend it so i wouldn't but i i I do totally agree (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible as a movie it's not worth watching but for the reasons jeremy said yeah well thank you so much for listening to generation laws Thank you so much for listening to Generation Loss. Uh, this has been Brendan Jeremy. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, hear us talk about the movie news and sometimes other topics like this coming month, you will be hearing us do Sopranos season two. At some point. Um, well, once I finish it. Yeah. And then uh, in this week's episode, we talked at length about uh, how I have trouble attaching to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear Jeremy's uh, internal <laughs> psychological problems with uh uh, his relationships, uh, you should definitely go to patreon.com slash generation loss and, <laughs> and uh, give us $5 there. You can get those episodes, all the episodes we've ever done behind the paywall. And uh, you know how that works. You get discord and we show the movie that we're going to talk about uh, on Sunday before the episode comes out. Um, otherwise, follow us on Twitter, Gen Loss Pod, Kinematography, Jeremy Thunder, and we will see you next time see you at the movies bye